This is Bridging the Gap with Love, Episode 20, Danielle's Story, Part 1. I'm Heidi Brower, a birth mom. And I'm Jessica Johns, an adoptive mom. And this is a podcast about adoption. As we share our own experiences and the stories of others, we hope to provide support for those in the adoption world and educate others on the joy and grief of adoption. Hello, welcome back listeners. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, First of all, I wanted to say thank you so much for those of you who reached out to us to tell us about how much you loved episodes 18 and 19 of Jessica's story. To say that those episodes were some of our favorites, uh, that's a true statement. Mm -hmm. We loved those episodes. And so we have loved that you guys have loved those just as much as we have. If you've not listened to them yet, you need to go listen to them. And I think that these next two episodes are going to also be some favorites because we get to listen today to Danielle, who is uh, the twins, Eva and Nora's birth mom. And so we had a lot of fun with her last week, getting to talk with her and just having her share her story. Jess, what what did you think about that experience? It's just been so fun for me to have this like interview type setting with Jessica and Danielle over the past couple of weeks because we're now like into our relationships already. And so sometimes we forget to ask each other these questions about how this went and how we're feeling. And so I've been learning so much about them and I've just appreciated their like willingness to be completely open and raw about their experiences. You're going to hear things about mental health. You, You know, we've heard things about addiction and then also just the grief that comes along with adoption. And I'm just so grateful that Danielle and Jessica have been willing to share their stories with us on this podcast. Yeah, I agree. It's been really fun. I I got a phone call last week from my brother, Tyler, who just could not quit talking about how much he loved those last two episodes. He said that he had heard my story a million times and it was great and everything, but he loved hearing from another birth mom and he loved the interaction between us two birth moms talking and Jessica coming in and, and sharing her parts too. And he just loved it. And it made me really excited about the possibilities that we have to interview other birth moms and other people in the adoption triad. I think they're really important stories to share. And I couldn't be more excited about where uh, the potential of this podcast and how many people we can help. I hope that you guys enjoy these episodes as much as we do. Danielle was so excited to share her story with us that she just jumped right in. I didn't even have to ask, like, tell us about yourself. It was just she jumped right in and went right for it. And I fell in love with her. I had never met her in person. And so this was a real treat to get to see the birth mom behind the, the twins because I love and adore the twins. And so it was, a re- it was a really fun episode. All right. So here we go. Here is Danielle's story, part one. Yeah, I'm Danielle. Um... I'm from St. Louis, and I have my little girl, Emma, at home with me, who's four. Uh, I lease apartments during the day, a mom by night, my wild child. Um, I, and I, um, we do a lot of pool activities in the summertime, and she's really wanting me to take her back to Myrtle Beach. That's where I take my family all the time and where I grew up in the summer. So I can't wait to take her back to where she can actually enjoy it. Um, And then hopefully one day the twins can come out too and we can do a big family vacation. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a little bit about. Yeah. Danielle, we're really excited that you're on with us. Uh, Danielle is 
the twins birth mother, uh, Evelyn and Nora, and they are almost 10, almost 10, mm-hmm. almost 10 years old. So we're really excited that Danielle is on here with us tonight. So thank you so much, Danielle. Oh, you're um, welcome. And how old is your daughter? You said four? my daughter now is four. Yes. Okay. Yes. So at 20 years old, I had Eva and Nora. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Like what led up to your yeah. pregnancy, so, you know, events, all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of weird. Me and their dad kind of just, uh, we weren't very serious at all. Um, and then we ended up finding out one day that I was pregnant and did not have, did not have the flu for just two weeks straight. Um, so it took a little bit of time for us to actually get to an ultrasound though, since I was high risk. Once we did find out I was pregnant, they automatically just was like, yep, you're high risk. So I had to wait a few weeks. Um, and then when we finally went for that first ultrasound, that's when they told me they were twins. (laughs) Wow. Um, and so after that, I went home with the ultrasound that said, uh, two heads are better than one. And showed my mom that and told her to sit down and she looked at it kind of sideways and then, (laughs) and, uh, had to kind of explain like, yeah, so there's twins on me. So she was super excited. She went and bought, you know, grandma to be twin shirts, mom to be twin shirts. I was actually dealing with some legal problems at the time and I actually went to court wearing my twin to be mom shirt (laughs) and uh, (laughs) that was funny. And so I had to handle a lot of stuff when I was um, dealing with being pregnant as well as um, not having a car. I had to quit my job at, you know, five months since I was high risk. Um, and I dealt with a lot at home. My, my, my family was a drug addict. So I eventually moved out with the dad's uh, grandparents. That, that went as well as it could, you know. I was able to eat at least when I needed to. Yeah. But... uh that was also a struggle. They, of course, saw our ups and downs. And uh, within that time frame, I guess, uh, the family had talked amongst themselves about adoption. And so uh, come 4th of July, I was taking a nap and got woke up by then, or by Chad. And uh, he asked me what I thought about adoption. And honestly, at that time, I didn't really think too much of adoption. I knew what adoption was. I just never thought I would be asked to do adoption. I always dreamed of having my kid and doing our family and being that perfect little family that came home and after work to make dinner and stuff and, you know, do that whole family routine and then got that thrown at me. And basically it was um, kind of pushed on me, I felt like. But then once I kind of looked into it and, you know, realized where I was in life and I had no car, I had no job. The dad was out working, but re- using his money to buy stupid parts for his car, or drugs or guns or whatever it may have been at that time for him. And uh, then we finally talked to people who we needed to get in order to, you know, get in the right track to do adoption. And um, that's when I started meeting families. And that's when I told him right off the bat, I don't want an old family. I don't want a family older than, you know, a certain age. Um, I wanted them to have a young family, a fun family. And I met a couple that was in their like fifties and I straight told them you're too old. 
and <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, you're just too old. They're going to be, you know, you're going to be in a retirement at home when they're graduating. So then Chad's friend, his best friend, actually, Zorich's, the oldest brother, Nick, is related to Jessica. So I got in, uh, in contact with Elaine, her aunt, who has like seven adopted kids. And I met them. They told me about how they loved their open adoption and what their experience was. And I loved it. And they just made me feel so, so much like I was already part of their family and I didn't even know them yet. Um, so then later down, like not too long, obviously later, because there's only probably like two months or so until they had to get ready to have these kids at their house. <laughs> so it wasn't long that I met Jessica and Jared. And, um, I, I loved them. I instantly knew that I wanted them to raise my kid, like, you know, to give them this, this amazing gift that, um, you know, it's been a struggle for them to even come across. And they didn't think that they'd come to St. Louis and even right off the bat, get a family. Cause they, so they wanted to kind of put it on hold and get, you know, get settled in and then they kind of moved here and from what I understand like a month later maybe not even and got a call for me <laughs> like hey you want some kids you can't, want sometimes you can't plan this stuff so. and Jessica Jessica good news you were not too old <laughs> so, <laughs> so but you know what Danielle I love that you knew what you wanted because I've tried to explain this before and I've said this in the podcast before that it's really weird sometimes on our end because we have this like list of like things that yes. we wanted. And like, I love that you're like, I didn't want them to be old. I wanted them to be young. I wanted them to, you know, be I around. wanted them like, to have a cute family. I wanted that's them to right. have, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, call that selfishness, whatever it may have been, but I did the most selfless thing someone that's could right. do. So I felt like being a little nitpicky on certain little things wasn't, it wasn't the worst thing I could have done. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so, and I, it, I mean, it, I feel like that empowers you to like make that decision, right? Like if I get to, if I get to pick certain things that kind of helps me feel more like I'm in control of this decision that I'm making and it helps me feel a lot better. So yeah, I love that. I love that you just knew what you wanted. Yes. Yes. I yeah. was, uh, yeah, I was very happy. And then, yeah, basically I met them and got them ready and told them that, you know, you can be at the hospital on the 20th of September. Um, I had to go in there at like 7 a.m. And I'll never forget my mom being right there and me telling them, nope, we're not doing this today. I don't want that epidural. <laughs> and I had no choice though. So yeah. Wait, did you end up having an epidural or a C-section? Yeah, I had, yeah, I had to have an epidural so I could have the C-section. We did oh, right, a C-section right, right. like a few weeks. Well, their due date was in November, really. So they were like two months early. Wow. Yes. And then I didn't even see them until the next day. So everybody else got to see them and <laughs> love on them and tell me how cute they were. <laughs> how, um, how, so can I ask you, how did you feel when you first saw them? I, I was very emotional. I, uh, I was very, very blessed that I could birth something so beautiful and then bless somebody else who can't create this own, you know, create this own amazing gift themselves and give them them who are just perfect. And it was just, 
it was very, it was very heart wrenching. I can't lie. It was, um, um, after I was eight, cause when I was in the hospital, I was in there, I was downstairs all the time, whenever I could, whenever a nurse would roll me down there, since Chad wasn't there all the time or ever, I always had the nurse take me down there since I was in the wheelchair. And I mean, if I could be downstairs, I was downstairs up until the day that I left from having the girls that I had to stay there for four days. And then once I left, I still continued to go in there because um, it was a quick process for the adoption for sure, since we already had met and had everything going and stuff like that. So it really did not take long once I left the hospital for it to be official and for me to not officially be their mom. So I went to the, I was at the NICU a lot, probably almost every day up until the adoption day. And um, there was one point up in there that I walked in and they, of course, had went in there and put Eva and we're all over the room. And I don't know if this was before or after my grandma came home from Myrtle Beach because my Nana wasn't in town when I birthed them and she wanted to meet them. And so when she met them, she uh, she, of course, wanted me to keep them. And I told her I couldn't. And it, it just wasn't the best thing. And I already had my mindset. It was because I had already went back and told Jessica I wasn't doing it. I told them I can't do it. Called the adoption agency and said it's off. Went inside and ripped everything down. And uh, took some of the stuff that they had posted. And then uh, went home. And then the next day I called and told them, I'm sorry. I was stupid. I wasn't in the right mind, basically. And uh, we need to go through with it. So um, on October, I think 10th, we ended up doing it officially. And, and yeah, that was very hard in court for sure. I, I definitely, that's when it really hit me. And I went to the hospital later the next, that night or that day. And I had assigned my name as Danielle. And that really, that really got to me. But at that point I knew I had to do what was best. I was getting rides from my close friends or brother and stuff and well close friends who are like my family and I was just uh better off I mean Elaine was buying me groceries towards the end of my my pregnancy because I didn't have um any funds to do so and I had to make sure I was eating for the girls so yeah. it, it it always fascinates me how you know it can be such an emotional roller coaster because already pregnancy alone and then having a, a baby or babies, it's all these hormones that are already in us, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have to make this decision. And then, so, I mean, I don't, I don't think that you were stupid. I think you were trying to go through all of the emotions that you were feeling at the time. And like, you know, it is hard and you didn't know if you could do it. And then yeah. whatever reason, you know, you were able to come around. I, I just find that always so fascinating that girls, women can make those very rational decisions in what would feel like a really chaotic or irrational time in their lives. Right. Oh yeah. It was, uh, it was definitely one of the hardest decisions. I, one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make for sure. Um, and then just doing the open adoption and so many people ask me, um, you know, if, what if they decide to, you know, close it? And I always tell them they can. It's not a, you know, it's not set in stone and there's no legal paperwork that says it's an open adoption. And so many people 
don't understand how I can be so strong and go see them and then leave still and be fine and everything like that. But most people who don't, but most people who know me, they know that I've been through so much already that they don't see how I couldn't be okay with it since they are still alive and I still see them and I still communicate and I still get to see their everyday life and what they do and stuff like that and hear every little detail that they want to tell me, which is everything and anything. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, no, I love that. Cause that was going to be my next question was what does open adoption look like for you? And I, you know, I, that's a very val- like normal question that birth moms get all the time. It's how do you see continue to see pictures how do you continue to actually see them and then be able to walk away mm-hmm. and wh- what do you think I know you kind of answered it but how has Jessica and Jared helped you like have that trust that that they're not going to just close it up I mean I just feel like they've been so so more than great to me I mean they've They've got me and Emma to go down to Cali to be there for the kid's birthday and stuff like that. And just their, how open she is with sharing like their everyday life at school and stuff. I mean, for someone to do that for so long, I just, I just wouldn't see Jessica doing that. Um, I just don't see that being in her heart Um, after meeting her aunt and knowing how old those kids are and Honestly, I think only one kid out of that doesn't see their birth mom. So, and that's for like, just, you know, their own little issues or whatever personal things. So, I mean, I just, after seeing that, it just made me feel like I don't think I would ever have to double set, double think, oh, she's not going to respond or she's just going to ghost and just, you know, shut me out or shun me, um, she, I mean, she, she knows my backstory before when I was pregnant and stuff. I mean, no, I was not a drug addict. Yes, I use marijuana. It's legal in half the United States, but I don't feel like that's something that they, that they judge me on. Right. Um, I, I decide not to take anxiety medicine. Some people do, you know, that's mm-hmm. my anxiety medicine. So it's just, um, like for Chad, I, I definitely feel like there's the distance because of his history and stuff. So, I mean, it's just different people's perspective on how they want to feel, how people are looking at them. I don't, I don't want to think that Jessica looks at me or Jared looks at me any type of way, just because I do use cannabis and stuff like that here and there. I would never think that they do because my, my child here still eats and is provided for and well taken care of. She's smart. I mean, There's nothing to, I mean, the girls are smart as can be too. There's nothing to like, you know, to really, I feel like, you know, feel like she was judging me on. Yeah. I, and I agree. I've, I've only ever heard Jessica speak very highly of you. Thank you. So, and, and what you mean to their family. So what do you want Eva and Nora to know about your decision to place? And what do you want them to know about how you feel about them? I would, I always want them to know that I never did this because I don't love them. I didn't, it's not because I didn't want you. It's, it's not any of those reasons at all. It's, I wanted them to have the life that I had. I grew up having anything and everything I wanted. If I wanted to go do gymnastics 
I got to go do gymnastics. If I wanted to go do ballet the next week, I was doing ballet the next week. If I, you know, whatever it may be, my, my family grew up taking me on vacations. I spent my summers all summer in Myrtle beach for three months. So I wanted them to experience everything I experienced plus more. I didn't want them to have to wake up one day and wonder, am I going to have a, you know, a good home cooked meal or are we going to eat ramen tonight? I didn't want them to ever think that more than one night a week. And they would have, I didn't want them to wonder how am I going to get them to their first, to their first doctor appointment? Cause I did not have a vehicle realistically, I did not want to put them in a situation where they would have to grow up in a, in a broken home. Um, and I would have lived at my grandma's house and it's just nothing I ideally wanted. Um, I had no money in a bank account. I had no savings. I mean, if you're going to have a kid, you have to at least have a car. (laughs) I mean, you at least have to have somewhere to call home. I didn't have nowhere to call home. My Nana just let me in because she kind of had no choice. <laughs> so, I mean, realistically, yeah, I may mean I may have been able to do it, but did I want my kids to grow up that way? No. Did I want them to see their mom and dad fighting and their dad going in and out of prison like he had been? No, I did not. I, I did not. Um, I never, I never did did it to any means make them think I never wanted them. That's why whenever she gave me the option to do open adoption, I was more more than happy to give it a try and see how I could handle it because I have been through so much. But knowing that I have been through so much and have lost so much, like I said before, knowing that I can still see them and talk to them makes a world of difference. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, How is it? This wasn't a question that we prepared for, but how is it getting to see the girls now? Oh, it's so much fun. I love it. And I love being able to go and have the day with them and stuff. And I was at the mall one day with Nora and ran into one of my old friends and they were just like, had a double take. So like, hold on <laughs> here. Are you, yeah, it's not Emma. And I'm like, Nope, it's Nora. And they were just like, so thrilled. Cause so many people have asked, you know, are you going to get them ever like for the day or anything since they live back in St. Louis or close to you? And I'm like, I would love to. I'm like, I'm sure we would one day. I'm like, I mean, I was like, I'd hope so. And then, yeah. And then we did. And it's awesome. And I mean, people ask me all the time, you know, what are you going to do if they ever tell Jessica, their mom, like, well, I'm going to go to Danielle's or I'm calling Danielle when they get in a fight. And then not too long ago, Eva actually did that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm like, well, if it's a weekend and I'm off work, you can give me a call. Right. Yeah, we've we've kind of talked about this like kind of like joked, but then in all seriousness too, the like the more we can rally around, you know, our kids to like help almost like in the most perfect way co-parenting, like why not? Like if it's more people to love on our kids, you know, I know that yes. I know that Jess is all for it and you know, we're oh, all yeah. for it. Oh yes, Emma loves being around them too. It's Actually, so Danielle, are you free this weekend? Uh, what's your schedule like? <laughs> <laughs> I know we do have to go together soon, though. She was asking. Oh, I love it. Um, well, it, well, okay. You talked about Emma. What does Emma think about the girls? 
Emma loves her sisters. She loves going to school and telling everybody about her sisters. And she'll, um, she just, she loves, she loves them. She loves older kids though. So it's really cute. And they're just adorable together and they love to match, which I like that. So that's a plus side. But yeah, Emma's, Emma just really loves them. I mean, she hasn't really said too much since now she's like, now she's more talking and kind of getting to know stuff a little bit more um so sometimes she's like eva and nora and then i'm like yeah your sisters and she's like huh i'm like your sisters i'm like those are your sisters and so sometimes i have to like re-explain it but she pretty much is pretty much uh knows that that's uh those are her her older sisters though so yeah she, she loves it that'll be fun to watch their relationship grow as they all get older yes. together yes it will you guys wasn't she so much fun i just love her energy all right join us next week for part two of danielle's story do you or someone you know have an adoption story to share reach out to us at bridging the gap with love 22 at gmail.com we'd love to hear your story